it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe. Thank you for checking out the show. Really appreciate it. As always, thanks for everybody for checking it out, replying, reposting, and listening to the show. Uh, today's show, a little bit different. We're going to talk wrestling on this one. Got a chance to talk to the new upstart, the up-and-coming, one and only 17-year-old sensation, Roxy. You've seen her at Reality of Wrestling, ROW. She's really good, and uh, I think in a few years, more people will know about her, and she's going to become a really big star on the wrestling scene. So I got a chance to talk to her. We'll bring that to you later on. Also, a couple movies that I saw. I saw Joker. I have to talk about it. I'll just say this real quick. I loved it. So I'm going to go in more in depth about it, but I thought it was awesome. The El Camino movie, Breaking Bad, I saw that. I'll check on that a little bit, talk about that. Still have to reveal number six in my top ten MCs list. And that will be after the interview here with Roxy. I also want to talk about going to the movies by yourself. A lot of people always say, oh, you have to go with other people. I will talk about that later on because uh, I have a different take on it. I think that uh, going to the movies by yourself is actually better. And I'll, and I'll get into that a little bit. Also, that Star Wars trailer dropped, the new one. Uh, not going to really go into depth about that, but I'll just say they better not be killing C-3PO off. That will piss me off. So please, please don't kill C-3PO. I mean, if you watch that trailer, they make you think he's going to die or they're mind-wiping him or something. I don't know. Spoiler. I don't know how you can spoil a trailer, but here you go. All right. You always can check out the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter, Facebook at Infinite Banter. I am on Instagram, DJ Soundwave 75. The show can be found on all digital platforms, specifically ones like iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Mixcloud, Chartable, Google Play, Blueberry, all the normal places you find your podcasts. We are there. I am there. There's no we. It's just me. Just me. No, there's no we here. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, like I said, at, after the interview with Roxy, I'll talk about Joker and El Camino, give my number six on my top 10 MCs list. But before we talk to Roxy, as always, if you don't do anything, this show never begins until the one and only devastating Mike Controller says this. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. Are you tuning into the Infinite Banter podcast? I am Mark Jolliffe, and I am pleased to be joined by, you've seen her with Rise and Shimmer, LWA, one of the top diamonds with ROW, Reality of Wrestling, the 17-year-old sensation herself, Roxy, is on the podcast. How's it going, Roxy? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. This is awesome having you on. I'm really excited to talk to you about everything you're doing with ROW and your career. For those who don't know, how long have you been wrestling? It's only been a couple years, right? Well, I started training when I was 13 years old. I started doing shows, I think when I was around, I just turned 16. So now for shows. Yeah, maybe like about uh, two years. And who were some of your influences? Who helped you uh, get into the business and start out with wrestling? So I, when I was smaller, I was a huge fan of The Rock and AJ Lee. I think AJ Lee is probably the biggest influence. She got that crazy me. side too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably what drew me towards her. <laughs> um, but as I started wrestling, Kylie Ray was a Kylie Ray and Tessa were huge influences for me. Um, a lot of people say they kind of see a little bit of Kylie Ray in my wrestling, and I think that's because I just um, 
lived up to her so much as I started wrestling. And you actually got to wrestle Kylie Ray a couple times. Talk about your matches you've had with her and what it's been like being in the ring with her. I did. Actually, my first big match was against Kylie Ray. Uh, this was still, I think I had just turned 16. I was still wrestling in LWA. I hadn't really branched out, but Kylie Ray took a chance on me. And we had our match, and I, uh, honestly, I think that was probably one of my favorite matches to this day, and just because it has such uh, a deep meaning to me, because I had looked up to her for a while since I started training. Um, uh, before I got in, before I actually started training, I wasn't so much into indie wrestling, but as I started training, I started getting into it, and she was one of the people that just, I just related to so much. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's so good. I wanted to just like her. So when I found out I was wrestling her, I was so excited about it. And she gave me so much confidence because I wasn't, especially because of my age, I was just like, not many people are going to be taking me seriously, but she just gave me so much confidence and helped me believe in myself so much that she just, that match and just her in general, like she'll always have a, a really special place in my heart. And the two of you, you couldn't be more smiling happier. I mean, as far as like personalities go <laughs> and everything. So it's, it's like hard to, yeah. who do you root against in this, in this kind of match? Right. That's what they're against so bad. And then Tessa Blanchard, you mentioned her. She's, uh, of course, like one of the best going on right now. Uh, have you worked with her before? Actually, her boyfriend is uh, Daga from uh, AAA and he, he actually just signed with Impact Wrestling so he actually trains me he's my trainer so wow. um, okay. now that they're you know with each other a lot um, she's usually there when he's training us here in Laredo so which is pretty cool because uh, like I said besides Kylie Ray Tessa was a big influence on me. So to be able to learn from her and train with her has been so, just so cool. I did have a match. It was me and ASF from LWA versus Testa and, actually, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was not ASF. It was uh, Ricky Suave. He's another wrestler from LWA um, versus Testa and Daga. This was, I believe it was earlier this year. Or, no, 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 it was December of 2018. That's when I wrestled them. I'm still waiting on that single match against Tessa, but it'll happen. <laughs> and we're all looking forward to that day when you and uh, Tessa go at it again. And then you had mentioned AJ Lee. She is definitely, you know, from that era that she was wrestling in, was an influence on a lot of young wrestlers coming up. What about her did you like? Was it about her personality? Was it her in-ring work? Anything in, in particular you liked about her? Um, I think it's just when I was smaller, I wasn't the most girly girl ever <laughs> um so it was always i started watching wrestling and i started watching wrestling when i think it was like kelly kelly because kelly kelly was one of my first favorite wrestlers but i didn't really connect with it so it was just like oh this woman's wrestling is cool but i couldn't really connect with her so i think when aj came along and it was like she wasn't the typical diva it was, she was just this whole different idea 
of a woman's wrestler. And I think that's what I really connected with. So, yeah, it was just, it was, it wasn't like, it was like, it's okay to be different, you know, because I think I was around in like middle school and I just had this idea of like, a girl couldn't be so, a girl couldn't like play video games and a girl couldn't, you know, a girl had to be all dressed up and wearing makeup and all that stuff. And I think AJ just had like a whole different idea of the stereotypical girl. So I think that's what I really connected with the most. And what's a scene like in Texas? I mean, with the reality of wrestling and LWA, there's so much talent down there. What's it like working with like Booker T and, and working with ROW and some of the talent in that organization? It's so it, 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 I love it. I love it. Um, when I was little, I actually, I, I was around like 10 years old, and I was like looking up a wrestling school, telling my parents, when I turn 18, I'm going to leave Florida, and I'm going to go to ROW to start my training. And they were like, okay. And so uh, when I, I think it was my match after I left with Kylie Ray. They have, I don't know if you've heard of Ladies Night Out, which is like title match wrestling and reality wrestling. Yes, I have. It's it's awesome. So, yes, so they asked me to do one of their shows, and I freaked out because I was like, oh, that's reality wrestling. I've, I have been wanting to, to go there since I was tiny. So <laughs> it was pretty crazy because the fact that I was saying when I was little that I was going to start training there when I was 18, and then debuted there at 16, I was like, wait wait, hold on, this is crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was so cool. Uh, I think also just just being able to train it, because now um, I do actually wrestle. I'm on the roster for ROW, and I train there when I can. It's pretty hard because of you know school and how far Houston actually is. But when I can, I do. Like I stay there for a couple weeks to train, and so forth. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty cool that I get to do that. I was watching the match you had. It was a six pack match with you and AQA and Alex Gracia, Hayan, the the championship match. And the announcer had said that you had taken a greyhound to get there. That was your dedication. So that was pretty funny. To, <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that yeah. was true, right? That's what you're talking about right now. <laughs> yeah. So since I am pretty young. I can't legally drive out of town by myself, <laughs> so oh, I do have to be taking greyhounds when I don't have other people to ride along with from Laredo. So yeah, I do every every now and then. I do have to be taking greyhounds to Houston. I think every I do for the most part every month. I at least take one greyhound because we have that monthly show for ROW, and so. Yeah, I usually take a Greyhound to and back, which is pretty... Uh, in those Greyhounds are usually about seven, eight hours. And in a car, it's only six hours. So I think one time I was actually in a Greyhound for 11 hours driving to Houston just because of, like... Yuck. All, <laughs> yeah, all the stuff that was going on with the Greyhound, with, the, with my bus uh, specifically, and it was... Uh, it was the worst. 
I mean, I've taken Megabus before. I don't know if you're familiar with Megabus. I don't even know if they're still yeah, around. It's like a dollar to go to like, you know, a city in the next state or something. But I've never physically taken a Greyhound. I can't imagine that it's the best experience. But I'm sure every every ride is different. I'm sure there's sometimes it's not that bad. But uh, I can't, <laughs> can't even imagine what it's like to be on a, on a long bus ride like that. You probably get bored or try to sleep or something. Oh, yeah. I always try to sleep. But, uh, you know, there's always different types of smells on those buses. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Play guess the smell. What's, what is that? Right. <laughs> Where not to sit. So speaking of that match I just referenced, uh, that was a fun match to watch where all six of you were going at it and Grassi ended up winning the title. Uh, talk about that match and what it was like working with those five. That match was, that, that, that was actually one of my favorite matches to this day. I love what, all those girls are just so good and so talented. It was just really special to be able to share the ring with all five of them at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had wrestled each of them uh, in singles matches. Just for all of us to be in the ring at the same time, was it, was it was just so fun. And speaking of traveling, are there any cities you haven't been to that you're looking forward to traveling to see, to go to, to wrestle? And are there any that you've gone to, like, you know what, I will never go there again? And if you don't want to say, I understand. <laughs> you might, <laughs> I don't you want to piss anybody uh, off, but. <laughs> like in Texas specifically? Or Texas or even across the country, anywhere. Um, I think, I don't think I've had any um, bad experiences, honestly, in any, in any city. Hmm. I really like traveling to Chicago. That oh, was really there you fun. go. There's your brownie points because that's where I'm at. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Chicago. I, I really want to go back. Uh, I mean, technically, I'll, it's Berwyn, you know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And speaking um, of that, I, I saw you. You know, I saw you at Rise and Shimmer back in March. Me and a couple of friends of mine. That was the first time I ever saw you wrestle, and uh, that was a tremendous weekend. I mean, you guys put on a great show all three nights. Yeah, that was such a good experience. Um, so I didn't know that I was going to be wrestling for Shimmer. I was booked on Rise. That was I, I wrestled. It was it was me on Chris Wolf's team against Sue Young's team, and that was such a crazy. I don't know if you remember that. But oh that my was god! Such a crazy and fun match. <laughs> well, Sue Young and the was it the Undead Brides that come out, and then Chris Wolf with all her personality and everything going on. That's just that's just a fun match to watch with all the personalities going on in that one. <laughs> yeah, that was so fun. Um, but yeah, after that match, they had mentioned that they wanted me to do the shimmer, the sh- also the shimmer dates uh, for that weekend, which is which is pretty. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> and I was bummed out to hear you said you weren't going to be part of the uh, the rise and shimmer that's coming up in November here in Berwyn. Yeah, so I have uh, my my high school senior walk so my mom was like I really 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 would prefer you to stay for that <laughs> she's like all about me priorities she's so supportive yeah she's so supportive with wrestling but she's also she's really about me making my high school memories as well so yeah I was like okay I'll stay <laughs> <laughs> I can go back to Chicago eventually. We're not going anywhere. There will always be rise and shine and shimmer shows you can come out to in the in the future. So yeah, get, yes. get that diploma and move on. You know, get your education. That's more important. I will never tell you and advocate, oh, you got to come out here to Berwyn for a weekend. You're fine. You're doing the right thing. <laughs> 
And on the podcast before, I've had Shaza McKenzie and Zeta Zang. Have you ever had any uh, work with either one of them, or do you know them at all? I do know of them. I have not actually, unfortunately, I haven't worked with with either of them, but I do know that they're both so freaking talented, and I would love to work with them. Yeah, I think I, you I, and Shaza I, would be fun. I, I, yeah, I believe I've met Shaza McKenzie. I think. But um, we've talked before, and she's, she's such a sweetheart. Yeah, she was at that Rise and Shimmer show, too, that you were at, so maybe you guys might have crossed paths at that show. Yeah, for sure. And you'd brought up Sue Young. You had some matches with her. Talk about how crazy it is just to be in the ring with Sue Young. I mean, everything that she comes in the ring with, her whole, you know, her gimmick, the outfit, everything. She is something to watch. And to be in a match with her, it had to be something, too. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Uh, I I worked, wrestled her in, I believe it was Abilene for New Texas Pro. Yeah, when they told me I was wrestling her, I was like, wait, <laughs> me? Uh, which is pretty cool because I have been wanting to wrestle her for a long time since the Rise show because uh, that was really fun. I didn't get to work with her too much that day, but I had been talking about wanting to, to wrestle her for a while after that. And so when I got that, I was, I was so excited. And it was, it, was, it was a pretty crazy match, but it was really fun. Um, that, that match was actually on YouTube and on the channel New Texas Pro. So everybody listening, go check out that match, uh, Roxy versus Sue Young. It is definitely worth your time. Yeah. And talk about uh, wrestling with uh, Alex Gracia. She's a new up-and-comer just like yourself. What's it like working with her? She's really talented as well. Uh, I've wrestled a handful of matches with her already. I met her back in... I, 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 I trained a couple times at the Texas Wrestling Academy with Rudy Bull and Salas. And that's where I met her. She was always so nice. She's, she's just like Shadow. She's such a sweetheart. We did a Tyson Kid seminar in San Antonio. And I think after we both started wrestling for Reality of Wrestling, I think that's when we got a little bit closer. So, yeah, she's always great to work with. And she just lost recently to Hayan, who I know you've worked with a lot. And, and now she is three-time Diamond Champion. Yeah. Maybe you yes, and Hayan can her. get. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you guys could have a match coming up. Is any chance that might happen for the Diamond we, Championship? We want to. Yeah. Yeah, we want to so bad. We're we're waiting for it. <laughs> the fans would love that to see you two go at it. Yes. Yes. New Diamond Champ. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the fans, I mean, I, I follow you on Twitter and Instagram. You are you have a ball with the fans. You you post some really funny things. Uh. I know you're a fan of tacos, uh, just from reading some of your uh, your posts on Twitter and such. Talk about what it's like with your interactions with the fans so far. I love all my fans. I'm, I'm, I like to be really close with my fans and interact with them as much as I can because they're, they're just so supportive. Like, it's crazy how much just, it, it just, like, blows my mind. It's, like, random people that, just support you and push you to be better. It's like, I, I'm like having a bad day and I know as soon as I go to Twitter, like they just make it, make my day 10 times better. So yeah, it, I, I have like all different kinds of fans, all different kinds of personalities. It's, just, it's so great being able to, to have a chance to interact with them 
especially on the indie scene, that's so much more special because you get that one-on-one um, interaction with interaction with all your fans. It's harder once you once you you know branch out more. Yeah, I, I love interacting with my fans. That's that's one of my favorite parts of the business. And fans like myself, we we love when they you know wrestlers like yourself interact back and you know the, the reply and see the likes and the comments so it, it really makes it fun when it's interactive like that so it's really really we appreciate it thank you for writing back and and uh, being interactive with the fans it's always fun to see so we really appreciate that uh no i appreciate you guys like thank you for all the support and everything like i it honestly means it probably means so much more to us than it means to you guys like in all honesty <laughs> what's uh what's coming up next for you where where can we see you wrestling in, in the near future here be all over Texas. Um, I will be making my debut on November 6th for Bar Wrestling in Los Angeles with Joey Ryan. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. So Joey Ryan. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we have a lot of history. Uh, we had a match. We've had two matches, I, I believe. Yes. So we had a match early last year. Somewhere last year, we had a match. Then we had another match. It was a triple threat. Me versus Joey versus uh, George is a mad one in Laredo. Obviously, Joey Ryan can't use much of his offense because I'm 17. <laughs> but <laughs> that will change November 6th because my birthday is actually November 5th. So, uh-huh. yeah, this match will be, will be something. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, Joey Ryan, uh, he's, he's definitely known for a lot of these intergender matches. What do you think of those? I mean, how many have you had? Have you had a few of those so far? And what, what are your thoughts on doing those? Yeah, I've, I've had a few uh, intergender matches. Um, I actually just had one this past weekend. So it was me versus Alex Gracia versus Christy James versus Gino um, from Reality Wrestling. He actually just got signed to MLW. I, my opinion on intergender wrestling, I love intergender wrestling. Like, uh, that's probably one of my favorite. Those are always one are my favorite matches. I also had a intergender wrestling match against, against, um, Randy Dalton in Corpus Christi for DCWA, which that was pretty fun too. So yeah, I, I love intergender wrestling. And that's, that's going to be awesome to see that. So everybody in that area, go check out her and Joey Ryan in a match. That should be fun. He is he is as entertaining as they come. He is really something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate you joining me on the uh, Infinite Banter podcast, Roxy. It was It's so fun to talk to you. And, you know, your matches are so so great to watch. And I implore everybody out there, go on YouTube, check them out, especially the one with Sue Young and the stuff you guys are doing at Reality or Wrestling. It's really really something you guys are really bringing texas wrestling to the forefront for sure oh thank you we we really appreciate like all the support that you all that you all give us and where can people follow you and uh keep up with what you're up to and what you're doing and you know where they can see your matches how can they find that out um okay so my instagram is at underscore r-o-k-c my twitter handle is at the R-O-K-C underscore. And then my Facebook, you could just find me under Roxy, R-O-K-C. And then my, I have a YouTube channel. I need to get better on posting up, uploading videos on, on my YouTube channel, but my YouTube channel is 
you can find me under ROK-C. Um, but if you search Roxy on on YouTube, you'll be able to find a couple of matches of mine. And I should probably ask you about your name, Roxy. Any any kind of origin to how that came about? How you you know the spelling of your name and how it's done? <laughs> yeah. So um, I actually came up with my name when I was around uh, like nine years old, ten years old, <laughs> um, which is so funny. Um, me and my mom came up with it. So, like I said earlier, I was a huge fan of The Rock. <laughs> oh, there you so, go. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's where the rock comes from. And then the dash C is for my actual name. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of... Not many people know the meaning behind it. Um, they just think it's, you know, Roxy. But, <laughs> yeah, there's no question. See, that's what I thought. <laughs> like R-O-X-Y or something like that. But that's not it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's different. <laughs> Plus, I'm a hip hop guy, so the name kind of has like a hip hop feel to it. So I was like, "Oh, Roxy, like you know, she's like a like she's a rapper or something. Like that's her MC name." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just a little Mark. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh man, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it, Roxy. Thank you so much for having me. This is Shaz McKenzie, and you're listening to the Infinite Banter Podcast. So I remember a couple of months ago, there was a trailer for a Joker movie, and I was kind of like, do we need a Joker movie? I wasn't sure that I was interested in watching a movie about the Joker, specifically Joaquin Phoenix playing him. So, you know, I was kind of like, whatever, it'll come out, and I'll just move on, and I'll probably watch it someday on DVD or on FX or, you know, TBS, whatever. And then it came out, and there's a lot of buzz about it, and I started thinking, like, maybe I need to go watch this thing. Maybe I need to check it out and... I don't like spoilers. I don't like reading people saying things that are going to ruin the movie for me. And then, of course, if you don't want to hear about this movie, you haven't seen it yet, I recommend you stop listening now and fast forward about three or four minutes because I'm going to talk about it. It's really damn good. <laughs> I don't know else to say it. I mean, I know some people don't like it the same way I do, but I grew up on Martin Scorsese films. I grew up on films in the 80s and the 70s. This feels like that era. This movie feels like it was straight out of Taxi Driver or King of Comedy which is ironic because Robert De Niro's in it, and he plays in both of those movies, of course. But yeah, Joker kind of feels like if Travis Bickle went a little further, you know, became more of a psychopath. So I really enjoyed this movie, man. It's basically two hours of mental health. <laughs> it's not It's not a comic booky movie. It's not a superhero movie. Yeah, Bruce Wayne's in it. Thomas Wayne is in it. But there's no Batman. There's no Harley Quinn. There's none of that stuff. It, the best way to put it for me is that finally they made a movie for me, for an adult. This is not for kids. I have a nine-year-old nephew. He's asking if he could watch it. I said, no, you cannot. And it's not even really about the language or any of the gore, possibly. It's more that you would be bored. You wouldn't understand it. It wouldn't do anything for you. You would just not be into this. I can't believe. I looked up to see who wrote and directed, and it's the guy who did the Hangover movies. I mean, it's like I don't even see the connection there. I didn't like those movies, but uh, whatever. The dude did his thing here. I really liked it a lot. Kind of had like a psycho feel a little bit too because, you know, Arthur Fleck, who's a name they've never used in the comics for the Joker, he lives with his mother and his mother is very ill. And so kind of, you know, they're, they're a little kind of close in kind of a weird way, sort of. So it did have kind of a psycho Norman Bates 
and his mother kind of feel to it. You know, the guy's got a lot of problems. And Joaquin Phoenix is like on his Christian Bale from Machinist. I mean, he was super skinny. I know some people were probably like, you know, having a hard time looking at some of the killing scenes. I had a hard time looking at whenever he would dance with his shirt off and you just see like his birdcage, you know, a rib section. It's like, yikes, like, please just stop breathing in. Put a shirt back on, dude. And uh, in this movie, there's really no bad guys. I guess society or just his dealing with his mental health is his, is his, uh, is his villain for uh, Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. the Joker here. But uh, they do make Thomas Wayne kind of like a Donald Trump character, so it made me hard to like Thomas Wayne. He seemed like a real rich jackass, and there's protests against him. He's running for mayor of Gotham. There's a lot of that kind of feel to it, and I'm sure some people are like, it's too political, too political. Whatever, dude. I mean, you're never going to be able to make a movie where it doesn't feel like something that's happening currently, so get over that. Yeah, Thomas Wayne, very hard to like, (laughs) very hard to like this dude. And there's even a part where they make you think for a little bit that the Joker was actually Thomas Wayne's son, but that wasn't real. That was just something that the mother kind of made up and fictionalized in her head. There was a part, too, that's kind of creepy. You get a look at Bruce Wayne for the first time in this movie. When Arthur believes Thomas Wayne's his father, he goes to Wayne Manor, and Bruce is at the gate, and he's doing a lot of clown stuff or whatever. And he has a scene where he like, puts his fingers in his mouth and makes like a smile with, ugh, it's just gross i mean <laughs> if a guy like that touched a kid yeah he, that guy's got to go and of course thomas wayne tries to beat the hell out of him because he when they confront each other later on he's like you ever touch my kid again and he punches him in the face and it's just yeah just like dude you can't be touching kids man i don't care what your mental capacity is i like, get get out of here <laughs> so yeah that that was a little creepy that was definitely creepy another thing i, I realized too because this movie is set in like the early 80s is that arthur fleck the Joker is just smoking constantly. I and mean, I don't think there's a scene where he's not holding a cigarette. And it's just funny to me when you see that, like he's in the hospital, he's smoking a cigarette, and it's just like, how how are people supposed to get well, but get better it, due to smoking in the in in the, in the hospital room while you're, you're laying in the bed? And his mother's, you know, she's she's in the bed and she's not doing great, obviously. And for those who've seen the movie, we all know what happens to her, but. Yeah, you're just smoking cigarettes. It, that's just total 80s, total 70s, smoking cigarettes in airports and airplanes. And then, of course, in this movie, smoking them everywhere you go, specifically a hospital, which is just crazy to me. I remember Jaws was on the other day, and there's a scene where the the kid, uh, Rob Schneider's kid's in the hospital, and the mayor's like, well, he's walking around with a cigarette. And it's like, dude, you're in the hospital. Like it just, It's just funny how like back then that stuff was okay. It was normalized. I don't smoke. I don't know anything about it. But yeah, it just, it's just kind of weird to see that, you know, you're smoking cigarettes in an environment where people are trying to get better. And here you are, you know, blowing smoke in everybody's face. Only in the 80s, man. And one last thing about the Joker movie. I'm seeing a lot of conspiracy theories and ideas that this is a whole fantasy. Like this whole movie did not really even happen. It's all in... Arthur Fleck's mind, and I hope to God that's not what happened because I hope it's a literal origin story that's new. It's different from anything you've read before. There are elements of like the Killing Joke and some other stuff in there, Frank Miller, Batman excerpts, but for the most part, it's definitely a new story. I hope to God it's not some sort of like fabrication because that kind of takes away from it for me. I hope that it is just, you know, what I watch is what I saw, and I hope that's what it is. So I liked it a lot. I'm just telling people, go out there and watch it. It's really good. I'm not saying it's, like, Oscar-worthy. I have no idea if Joaquin Phoenix will get nominated for it. I mean, he should. I think it's good enough, but I don't know if it is. I just loved it. I really liked it a lot. It's a movie made for an adult, 
and I was crying about how Spider-Man is a stupid kid crap all the time, and finally, they've made a movie that's dark, it's gruesome, and it's just exactly what you want a Joker movie to be. So big up to Joker, big up to the guys who made it and everything, and Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, just really well done. And it even takes you up to the moment where Bruce's parents are killed and he be in, uh, you know, he's in that alley. All of that comes into it, so it's just really, really good, and I, I can't say enough good things about it. Go see Joker. It's worth it. Don't believe what people are saying. They're saying negative stuff. Believe the hype like my man Flavor Flav. Believe it. It's really good. Yo, what up, y'all? This is your friendly neighborhood fly guy, Cool Kim, a.k.a. NY Orla Ideal. And I'm chilling with Vanilla Ice's number one fan, DJ Soundwave, on the Infinite Banner Radio Show. Yeah. <laughs> so I said I was going to talk about going to the movies by yourself. And, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, we all got to get together. We got to see this movie. And it's like three or four people and everybody's trying to figure out what day what day can they go, you know, how we work this in, oh, I got to work this day, I can't go that day, and all that stuff, and I'm going to say it right now, because I went to go see Joker by myself, I like seeing movies alone, I never thought I would say that, because I thought that was kind of like a, not a cool thing to do, is go to a movie by yourself, like you're some sort of creepo or something, but I don't see any advantage to going with other people, and I'll break it down for you right now, first of all, I go when I damn want to, I went in the middle of the afternoon, there's nobody in the theater, there's like three people in there, that's already a plus, and you know, most people can't go when I went at like two o'clock on a Friday afternoon, so I already that's it there you go that's number one the second one people always want to share popcorn and I don't I'll be honest with you like I'm one of those people who I don't like people touching my food and other people's hands and same food that I'm eating have you ever seen how some people eat popcorn like when they'll take the popcorn it's like they're licking their hand they're putting their whole hand in their mouth or they're sticking the popcorn in there and then they're putting that hand right back into the popcorn thing it's like I don't even want popcorn now because the way you eat it so that's number two I mean I get the whole popcorn to myself I don't have to worry about sharing it with anybody bathroom stuff I don't have to worry about getting up because somebody has to use the bathroom or anything like that I I knock out what I gotta do before I walk in there have to worry about somebody else like oh I need to get something to drink well let's go get something or no no just sit here and shut up like and I have to worry about that because I'm by myself so I'm telling you it's a very underrated experience seeing a movie by yourself and then you also have the thing where everybody's trying to figure out where to sit like are you playing like movie chess like oh let's sit here oh let's sit there I want to sit in the front I want to sit way in the back I want to do this I sit in the middle man I just sit where I want to sit I don't have to worry about all that so no more movie seat checkers that you have to play with other people everybody's trying to figure things out and no man I, I go in there and if I see there's nobody in there I sit where I want now if I see there's a few people okay now I got to figure out where there's no people because I don't want to sit by anybody that's the goal. So unfortunately, you go with other people, you have to cater to what they want to do. No way. No, no, no. Seeing movies by yourself is so much better. There's also, you know, when somebody asks you, like, what's going on here? I didn't see, what, what do you think is happening? Like, I don't have to explain anything. I don't have to worry about telling somebody what I just saw. I don't have to talk about it. I just want to sit there and watch it and not be bothered. So I, I really don't get why people have to go with other people. I think from now on, I'm going to start going by myself. I think it's a pretty cool idea. I have seen a few movies alone before, but it's generally because nobody else can go and I couldn't wait. But I'm starting to get to a point. Maybe I'm just getting older. Maybe I'm being a grouch. I don't know. But uh, I, I think it's better to go by yourself. You don't have to worry about sharing food with somebody and making the time fit somebody else's schedule. You can just go when you want. And so, hey, if you ask me to see a movie with you, I might say no because I like going by myself at 2 in the afternoon when there's only three other people in there. 
That's the best time to go. I don't know why anybody would go at a 7 o'clock on a Friday with everybody and kids and teenagers and all that crap and waiting in lines. Why would you do that? Why would you pick that as your experience? Hell no. I'm going to go in the middle of the afternoon by myself with my own popcorn and go and leave as I please. It's the best way to do it. So for now on, I encourage everybody out there, go to those movies by yourself. It's a much better experience. Yo, it's Confucius. And right now I'm tuned in to Infinite Banter, DJ Soundwave, New Jersey to the shy. Let's go. And another movie I saw was the El Camino Breaking Bad movie. So this takes place when Jesse gets away after being, you know, tortured and kept captive while he's making the hair on. Uh, so after uh, Walter White, you know, does what he does, takes care of the gang, and he's gone at the end of the series. So they made this movie to kind of wrap it up, tie a bow on the whole Jesse Pinkman storyline. It's good. I mean, it's really, it's hard to call it a movie because it feels like just an extended episode. But if you're a Breaking Bad fan, which I am, it does all the things you want. It ties things up. It lets you know that Jesse's in a better place. If you're wondering what happened to him after that moment when Walter White comes back and takes out the crew, all that is resolved. You find out everything that happened and why things happen. And yeah, it's not like a huge gratifying conclusion to his life. I mean, he just kind of does what he should have done in the first place, which is get relocated and change his name. And big up for having Robert Forrester in this. Uh, he just passed away a couple of weeks ago. I believe this was his last role, and he reprised his role in this one. And He's the guy who, in the series, if you remember, he was supposed to be the one to pick him up, Jesse Pinkman, that is, and take him away so he can get on with his life somewhere else. And he decided not to do that, and that's when all these bad things happened. So in this movie here, Pinkman comes back to him, tries to get him to get him out of town, and he's not really down for it at first because he doesn't have enough money. But, uh, yeah, Robert Forrest, if you don't remember who he is, he was in Jackie Brown. He was in Me, Myself, and Irene, Mulholland Drive. This is a really good character actor. Uh, Jackie Brown kind of put him in the forefront and brought new life into him as an actor. And a new generation of people got to see who he was. So it was sad to see that he passed away. But yeah, this is a, it's a good movie. It's, it's fine. I mean, it's two hours. If you're a Breaking Bad fan, you cannot do worse. I mean, was it a little underwhelming? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it wasn't as good as I hoped. But you get a Walter White cameo. You get... You get all the stuff you want. If, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, it, it checks a lot of boxes, and it's a satisfying conclusion to the series. Yeah, it's, it's a better call. Saul's probably a little more entertaining for the most part, but uh, you can't do wrong by this. If you're a fan of the Breaking Bad series, you could spend a much worse way of spending two hours. So definitely check it out. El Camino, like I said, a lot of cameos, a lot of characters from the series. It's as if that it never stopped. I mean, this is just right to the moment when he gets free, when he's in the Camino driving away. It's exactly at that second. So there's no gaps here. It just takes you right to it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely give it a, you know, give it a go ahead and watch it kind of a review here. But it's a little underwhelming a bit because it doesn't feel like it's anything that crazy. It's just a, it's just a nice way of wrapping up the series. And if you're looking for a conclusion to Breaking Bad, here it is. So I'll go check out El Camino. All right, it's time to get into that MC's list. Yeah, yeah. You listening to Drake Cobbs, man. DJ Soundwave, Infinite Banter, official. All right, number six on my top 10 MC's list. So, so far I've had number 10 was the Ghostface Killer, number 10. Number nine was Red Man, eight was Cool G Rap. And last episode I had number seven, Notorious B.I.G. 
And before I reveal number six, I, again, I just got to put up this disclaimer. These are the ones that I like the most. These are the ones who move me and who I feel are the top ten. Everybody's list is going to be different. This list that I made could change in a month. You know, could change next year. It's just, it's, it's never, it's a fluid thing. I mean, this is who I'm feeling at this moment. It could, it could change next week. And I base it on, you know, who I think has like some of the best albums, uh, what they've done for the music, the culture, things like that. My number six is somebody who, when I, was, when I first started listening to this music, man, this is the dude I wanted to be like. I wanted to dress like him, act like him. I thought he was one of the best of all time. Talking about the one and only James Todd Smith. Ladies love Cool James, LL Cool J. Yeah, he was uh, he was as cool as they came. I mean, as far as hip-hop goes, you had people like Curtis Blow. You know, you had some quote-unquote stars, but not on this level. When this dude came out, he just blew up. He was like on, the, on different stratosphere as far as hip-hop stars. And uh, he took it to the next that next level. And he was everything. He was the sex symbol. He had the cool rhymes. He had the, the songs for the ladies. He had the songs for the dudes. He, he looked cool. He had the red kango. He was just that good. LL, I mean, he's had a couple of misses the last few years, but you can't take away what he's done. And he's the first guy to record on Def Jam. He's had all these albums. And I'm kind of surprised he didn't make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame voting. You can't go wrong with LL Cool J. I mean, bigger and deafer, radio, Walking with a Panther. Yeah, and I talked about that album some episodes back. The dude is one of the greatest entertainers on stage. That's what also puts him high on my list. He's just a great performer. And it's very easy to go back and play songs like Mama Said Knock You Out and I'm Bad, Jack the Ripper, you know, all the classics. But to me, if you really want to dig deep, check out The Breakthrough, check out Def Jam and the Motherland, check out Dropping Them. Those are on his early albums. You really see his lyrical prowess on those songs and to the break of dawn is one of the all-time great disc records that he ever did he takes out ice t takes out mo d takes out hammer no curse words it's just classic and big up to ll with that rock the bell serious radio show the dude is just one of the all-time greats so big up to ll cool j and i when i go to the store i'm still looking ll if you're listening if anybody knows ll ask him when are we going to see those cool j cookies I, he's telling me you know forget oreos eat some cool j cookies well I keep looking, and I don't see them on the shelf. So unfortunately, I haven't gotten a package of Cool J cookies. I think you should come out with them. I don't think it's too late, even though it's 30 years later or whatever it is. Let's go ahead and make those cookies, LL. Let's get them on the shelf. So number six on my list is LL Cool J, and the next episode, we'll get down to the final five. I will say this. uh, The the back five are harder for me to do than the front five. People listening probably like, I already know who's in there. I already know who's in there. Well, maybe you do. Yeah, LL. Number six. What up, what up, everybody listening? This is SB, the Shottown MC, and I'm here chilling with my man MJ on Infinite Banter, where we banter on and on and on, but it's always love. It's always that food for the soul, y'all. Peace. It's just really great to hear that there's a Gangstar album coming out. I remember when I first heard there was a Tribe record coming out a few years ago. It was like the same idea, like, what, are you serious? How's this happening? So that the fact that there's a Gangstar album dropping, I, I'm just excited about it. I can't wait to hear this. I'm going to cop that vinyl and pre-order it, whatever I got to do. And uh, the two songs that have been released so far are just straight Gangstar. It sounds exactly like how you'd want it to sound. doesn't sound forced. doesn't sound like some lost vocal put over a track that doesn't really work. Um, like, unfortunately, some of the old Tupac uh, tracks started to sound like when he started making his albums after he passed. The first few were pretty good, but as they started to get older and older... 
and started pulling more stuff that was not as current, you could kind of tell it was just uh, they were just kind of forcing things. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this new Gangstar album. It's called One of the Best Yet, so I can't wait to get that and talk about it on here. Time for you to leave, assholes. So that's it for this episode. Many thanks to the one and only Roxy. I appreciate her time and coming on with me. It was really, really a pleasure to talk to her. Still got a shout-out last episode, Tommy McLaughlin. Go check out that movie, Jason Liz, Friday the 13th, Part 6. Even though it's, you know, it's not how many years old, still go watch it. And uh, I did watch Friday the 13th, Vengeance on YouTube. It's a fan film that he has a cameo in. It's pretty good. I mean, it's For a fan film, it's, it's pretty amazing. So, Cool Kim, his album, Demo Music, he's been on the show too. His album is about to drop on the 1st. And uh, Get Down, that song that you heard here on the podcast a few episodes ago, is a straight banger, and I can't wait to hear his full album. So that's it for me. I'm out of here. I'll see you at the next episode. Once again, thanks to Roxy. Check out the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter, Facebook at Infinite Banter. I'm on Instagram, DJ Soundwave75, and you can hear this show on all the digital platforms that you could think of, but I'll name a couple here. iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, Blueberry, Chartable, Spotify, Mixcloud, Apple Podcasts. You name it, they're there, and you'll hear the show. We'll see you next time. I really appreciate everybody listening, and we'll catch you at the next episode here. All right, I'm out. Yeah.